This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks man. How are you? Very well indeed. Yes, yes. Saw you yesterday. Lovely. Yes, yes. That was a real a real pleasure. Uh, just got back from Hamburg. Well, it's the end of a busy week of work, really. So yeah, it's always good to catch up in person. Just, just making yeah. some deals. Listen, keeping it moving. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Uh, we saw Seb Stafford Blow yesterday as well on his way to Union Leipzig, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Always um, good to see the, the master himself. Yeah, it was good, man. Um, good weekend of football. was. It was. Some great action, actually. Some great goals. Some incidents. Some narrative. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be on Wright's House with Flo. Yes, I am. Talking a lot about some some stuff from the weekend as well. Mm. We're going to do our Stadio thing today. We're going to do the bulk of the show on the Stadio Derby. First mm. Stadio Derby of the season. Right, right. And uh, I think a really interesting game to to kind of unpack. Sure. Oh, the margins, Moose, the margins. You say that, but yes, the margins, but also, no, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Because there were I actual have, margins and there were spiritual margins. <laughs> spiritual margins. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Another one. But um, can we shout out the Bundesliga very quick? Because a wild right. thing happened on the weekend in the Bundesliga. Bayern beat Gladbach for the Just, first time in a long time. The first time since, I think, the 2020-21 season. Before the pandemic, yeah. Before the lockdown. Yeah. And um, they were 1-0 down. Mm. And a late winner uh, from Matthias Tell sealed the points for Bayern. Dortmund dropped points on Friday in a wild game against Heidenheim. Talk about a tale of two Dortmunds, right? The first 20 minutes, Dortmund were cooking. Mm. And then they did a very Dortmund thing, which was to lose complete control of the game in the second half. And mm. uh, Heidenheim ended up getting back into the game and securing their first Bundesliga points of the season. Uh, a couple of interest, other interesting results from the weekend. Bayer Leverkusen, the top of the Bundesliga, they beat Darmstadt 5-1 and have started the season very, very strong. They're flying. Yeah, yeah. They really are. Leipzig beating Union 3-0 at Union. Oh, I want to say this. Shout for Tesco's last goal. 
that's going to be one of the goals of the season. If you There's get some great goals in this. I mean, to be honest, the Javi Simons goal was good as well. The Simons goal is gorgeous, but the way they construct the final goal, Leipzig, the way that they build that and they float it around, it was like watching mm. sort of old school, actually it's funny, well, new school Spurs actually. I was going to say old school Spurs, the like Hoddle days, but actually it's like new school Spurs now. Mm. But we'll get into that. But yeah, gorgeous goal. Uh, before we get onto the Stadio Derby and we get into the bulk of the show, we were almost right. Yes. <laughs> LAFC were almost Estonia for Messi. Uh, two this. assists I was for up, Messi. I was up for this game, actually. I watched Just quickly on this. Yeah, LAFC yeah. Uh, won into Miami 3. Jordi Alba was like bombing on. I mean, he's so happy to be there because Jordi Alba's based in like his 2012 phase where he's just like... <laughs> Mate, like, I, listen, I, I, there was, for his goal, I, don't, I think Jordi Alba had more time and space for his goal than I think he has done in the last 12 seasons. <laughs> it was unbelievable. They're one of the most unselfish teams I've seen play for a while in terms of everyone's got a role, everyone's having fun, everyone's doing their thing, but the collective is most important. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by, I've been, in, I've been surprised by how enjoyable they are to watch, actually. Mm. I'll say that much. Quick thing that we, did, we should have mentioned when we were talking about the Messi impact on MLS last week mm. and someone someone tweeted us about it and it was fair play sorry I can't find the tweet one of the negative sides of it and yeah. I'm sure people have seen this by now and it actually has been quite commonplace in a lot of European football yeah. ticket prices going through the roof when Messi comes to town and the impact that that's having on fans who have been going for a while and are being priced out of games that Messi's coming in I actually had a detailed com- detail had a long conversation with a friend of mine big mm. Barcelona fan she's based in New York and she was talking about this like the price is like 400 yeah. $400, you know, an absolute joke. And we had a, like a 20 minute chat about this where it was just like, what the, this specific friend of mine, I just said, you can't pay that. Even for your yeah. birthday, I said, no, I said, no offense, but no, because you'll feel awful. You'll pay 500 for that and you'll feel t- 400, you'll feel terrible. And it's just not yeah. worth it. It's not worth yeah. it. All right, we've got a lot to get through today. Yeah. Just take a quick break and then we'll get into the Stadio Derby. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh boy, Musa Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1 yes. at Emirates Stadium. Mm. I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts about it as a Manchester United supporter. I just think it was very Arteta's Arsenal. In terms of like, it was such a typical, and what I, what I mean by this is, you had the opening phase, which is basically the Hyena on the left flank, the Hyena starting the game at light speed, which is Martinelli, and the Cobra waiting on the flank, Saka. You had very, very patient play and industrious self-sacrificial play through the middle in the form of Nketiah. Mm. And you had Rice just shoring up midfield. I think I actually mentioned to something, a friend the other day. I said, I think he's going to be as important to this phase of Arsenal as Rodri is to Manchester City. Yeah, I agree. You had Odegaard basically as the senior partner in midfield, bringing Havertz along because Havertz obviously is struggling. And you had Odegaard just there going, look, I've got the guardrail. It's fine. This is under control. We're going to sort it. We'll bring it through. You also, had all of that. Been yeah. there before. Odegaard. Yes, abs- exactly. So you had all of that. You had that kind of, mentorship going on and then you had this unexpected resilience from Arsenal in the late burst where they pulled through and got the three points so for me this was very much an Arteta's Arsenal performance as they are this was if I may just quickly sort of round this off 
this result in this game felt like an exact representation of where both clubs are at the moment. My main takeaway from this was it shows this was more of a demonstration of the ceiling of, uh, sorry, of the floor of both clubs as opposed to the ceiling. I don't think either side were anywhere near their best. No, 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 no. Arsenal, on the whole, maybe by the last 20 minutes, I thought that it was one of their, I mean, the sample size is small, four games in. It was probably the worst overall performance of the season. Um, they were just a little bit lacking that technical fluidity. Yes. You saw it, for example, this, this, this weird thing that happens with Arsenal where they uh, seem to have a bit of dominance and mm. then they get caught with their first real, like Manchester United's first real attack. So there was a thing that yeah, Opta posted yeah, yeah. saying Arsenal have conceded from the very first shot they've faced in a game in seven different Premier League matches in 2023. Right. Yeah. It's more than any other Premier League side. The timber injury, we have the timber injury as well. Yeah, Tim. We yeah. have to mention that because that, that would have given Arsenal an extra level of assurance. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I just, and I, and I, I know some say, oh, you're just saying that. Well, look, I always said this with the Chilwell injury. There are some injuries that fundamentally affect an entire team's composition. Like with Rhys James at Chelsea, like the drop-off after them is so big because... What Arteta envisioned with Timber there is different from the, the output he currently has. There's something about the style in which people defend. Like, that statistic that we're seeing, it's such a, it's so pronounced now that it is a trend. And it's something about how Arsenal defend. Mm. There's something about coming out and meeting the first attack um, and defending on the front foot because the Rashford thing is so interesting. Again, you know, this Messi phrase I said where they gave him everything he wanted um, at AFC. The same with when he cut in off the wing like that. Everyone knows he's going out inside. Mm. Everyone knows he's going inside, but still they're not hypnotized by the movement, but they're standing off and being almost too respectful. And the thing I loved about the Chelsea centre-back partnership of Terry and Gallas, right? Back in the day that the incredible one was one of them would always go out first. Mm. Like one would just make the choice to be like, you know, make him, give him a different look, if that makes sense. So maybe mm. that's something Arsenal have to think about, like, when you've got a situation that you're defending, who's going to be proactive and who's going to actually, you know, make the commitment to it. It's a small thing, but it's a consistent thing. I mean, the response from Arsenal was great. Was it like 30 odd seconds later, Martin Odegaard had the ball in the back of the net in a goal that Arsenal but, always seems to that, score against Manchester United, weirdly. It's, it's, the, it's the Ozil thing. Yes. The well, Ozil. It, was, it was very reminiscent. Was it oh a 3-1 at, at Emirates a few years ago? The 3 nil. They, they flew out to 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, that's locked in my brain. Um, the, the touch by Martinelli Mm. to lay it off to the flank is pure Ozil. And then cutting it back to the top of the box to, to Odegaard, I'm like, yes, this yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Should we go through the decisions? Should we just do it chronologically? Mm. So there was the Harvest penalty. Kai Harvest goes down after uh, a slight touch from Aaron Wambasaka. Casemiro mm. is also in the mix. Anthony Taylor awards the penalty, gets sent to VAR to review it, and he overturns it. I thought that was a penalty, actually. Do you? Yeah, I did. I thought it was a penalty. I think it was really, really soft. Mm. But it's one of those, you know, in cricket, when you kind of stick with the umpire's decision. I don't think there was enough to overturn it, maybe. I, don't... I also didn't think it was a dive. No, it wasn't a dive. I mean, the yeah. thing is, when you drive at that pace mm. and you get contact, it usually knocks you off balance. Well, this right? is what I think. And if you're, so... there, if you're there and you're like, if you're um, obscuring the path, if you're blocking the path, and a player's driving through and you haven't got the ball and there's contact with you, I think it's, that, I thought it was a penalty. Mm. But a soft one. But also it was quite interesting seeing it on, on 
seeing it on Twitter because it was very much one of those like every Arsenal th- fan thought it was a penalty. Mm. Every Manchester United fan was just like, it's not a penalty. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, yeah, it, it, it is one of those, whatever you say in, in stuff like this, you're going to annoy someone. So mm. at the end of the day, I was going to say everybody won because the penalty was overturned and it wasn't, it didn't actually matter. Also, everyone got to feel something. Everyone got to feel something. So, everyone yeah. did get to feel something. <laughs> like myself, when I saw Garnacho break through on goal and put the ball away, I was just like, oh shit, here we go again. I thought that was done. I thought it was, I thought it was, I, I, thought, I thought it was well onside. I, I, I thought it was in well real time, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, like oh, this is that's... so onside. Game right? over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great finish, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, one of those kind of like, I wasn't really sure about the, this is my house celebration. I was like a little bit, a little bit too soon for that young man. Yeah, but I respect you know? it because you know, because iconic, it would have been an iconic thing. It would have been, sometimes you have to be disrespectful. You know but I mean? the weird thing is he, out of everyone, he seemed to kind of think I might be offside here a little bit. So right, I'm a bit like, right, right. don't do the, don't do the, this is my house if you're offside thing. You know, but you need, you've got you, to need be, to, you, you need to myth build. <laughs> do you know what it is? I agree with you, but also like there's a thing about myth Do you know what? Sorry building. to cut in, but that yeah. is actually, do you know what, what, what am I talking about? That is completely Garnacho's energy. That's the thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's, you have to myth build. Like when you go into those situations, it's like Darwin Nunez at St. James's Park, right? Mm. You have to go all in. You've got to, because these moments in your career, they're the ones that make you leap forward ahead of the pack. As a young player trying to make their name, you've got to go there and not just score, but the way you embrace that goal has to be iconic. Look at Jude Bellingham. Oh yeah, we'll Jude talk Bellingham about Jude is flinging them out. The man's flinging his arms out. Oh, you know, the man's he's playing like gladiator. <laughs> he was getting the, he was getting all the treatment by by Getafe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he and gave he it. Didn't yeah, rise he, to he, it. He gave it to them anyway. All right. So it. anyway, it went to VAR. Yeah, and it was given offside. Mm. I think it was spiritually onside. Yes, spiritually onside because of the phase of play, but in terms of the overall arc of the game. It was a bit of a smash and grab. Separate the goal from the context, right? Okay, but in terms, in terms of the specific, it was spiritually onside, for sure. I actually thought Garnacho timed his run amazingly well. I, I also think so. yeah. Gabriel did an unbelievable job. If you yeah. actually look at the slow-mo, the awareness that he has in that moment to stop and almost try and pull his body back, like doing the... He looked like the statue of the front some, of a Rolls Royce. Yeah, you know, the, he did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that, for me, always shows like how... The mentally on point during games professional footballers have to be because the, the split second awareness to do that is the difference if he isn't that aware that's a goal and Arsenal will probably lose that game it's maybe one of the most famous examples of VAR defending we're going to see yeah you know in, yeah. in terms of VAR era defending in terms of like you know when you're like starting athletics and you're like you know you've got to be out the blocks quick yeah it was that level of like reaction time and body positioning and like I've got to get it was almost like he saw the invis- he saw the laser line for the VAR before it mm. arrived. He's like, the line is there, bang, incredible. And well, like, because- imagine if he could see into the future, and also or he gets a snapshot in his head all of a sudden of the actual review. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's just like, do, 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 do. oh, okay, okay, I need to do this. And then, AI, like- <laughs> AI footballer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, VAI. VAI. Yes. Question from Tylight Reel, who says, Thoughts on the offside rule? The millimetre line drawing is killing the game. Offside was made to prevent teams from poaching. It wasn't made for an intern to get a ruler out. 
this, the quote clear and obvious rule should apply just like with fouls in the box. I think it's an interesting thing about offside, but there's been so much meddling in the Premier League that I don't really know where you ironically draw the line because it, oh. because with offside, because it isn't really like an interpretation so much, wherever you move the line, you're going to get marginal decisions. Right. Look, it's not like being, it's not like the Luton decision, which we'll talk about in a sec. Where, well, oh my God. Where that is like, that's wild. Or the, Fulham, or the Fulham, the Man City Fulham one. Yeah, that's... you don't feel so aggrieved about this because you're like, okay, that's frustrating. It was smash and grab and they got a late winner after being resilient because, you know, United you know, missing a lot of defenders. Um, yeah. So there was a lot, you know, that there was, there are mitigating circumstances there and Amrabat's not yet in the first team squad and mm. Ericsson defensively wasn't the best, which, you know, which we, we knew, there's nothing new there about that. But um, mm. not feeling as aggrieved there, I would suppose, as... As Luton one, because the thing about, look, VAR is a system that I defend in principle, mm. simply, you know, um, for the reason that people have technology on their phones. People can see stuff on their phones. If you don't have VAR, right, if you just don't use it, then you've got a bunch of people on their smartphones in and outside the stadium going, this is clearly an infringement. And the people in the stadium on TV can't see it, which is wild. It seems strange that everyone has technology that VAR doesn't. But... At the same time, then it's about, it's a relatively new system and some people aren't really, and this will sound harsh, I don't like to sort of, I like to sort of talk people's jobs down in a difficult economy, but people need to be doing their jobs better because people are missing big things. Again, I think the, the game is so quick now and so precise mm. that the problem with offsides is wherever you move that threshold, you're going to get That's marginal it. decisions. Yes, you are. Um, so moving on. Yeah, Declan Rice got his first goal for Arsenal, and um, something that Arsenal had kind of ran all game, just mm. leaving him free at the back post, and something mm. that Manchester United didn't really adjust to all game, which I was a little bit surprised about because Arsenal had a couple of corners or set pieces towards that back post that threatened Manchester United. Oh, the Martinelli one at the near post was gorgeous too. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. That was lovely. Yeah. Uh, quite like Declan Rice, just almost taking the piss out of himself afterwards, being like, you know, controlled it with my chin. <laughs> 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 and to be fair, like. That late in the game, a strike like that, it can kind of go anywhere. Yeah. A little bit fortunate, but... Oh, no, no, not the best. Well, the deflection as well didn't help. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Q, Q pandemonium. Um, and then Arsenal broke for a third. Lovely pass from Vieira and Jesus finishing. Yeah. Jesus finishing like the Jesus that arrived at Man City. You know, when he was like locked yeah. in as a finisher, like that level of like successor to Aguero type finishing. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't want to go, I don't want to lean into banter. Yeah, but it's so easy to meme that stuff because it's 2-1. You're game chasing. You know, if you make the big tackle, your team yeah. has another chance to equalize and you just, you have to commit. It's, yeah, like in do, bas yeah. it's like in basketball when you see someone like fake and slide past and everyone laughs at the person that goes for it. You're like, I have to try and block that. Yeah. Also just be like, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you do a better job. Also, you've <laughs> got to put, you've got to put your entire body behind it. You just have yeah. to. It's like, this is the occupational hazard of being a defender. Like mm. you have to. Uh, so 3-1 Arsenal, and I think Arsenal deserve to win the game. This is the thing, the lack of enterprise that United showed. Mm. It's hard to be bitter about the outcome because, you know, United weren't enterprising. You know, and even this early chance of Havertz, you know, who is struggling, Havertz um, missed the superb early chance. He got into position for it. And Sophie Petzl, great TV writer, by the way, put this really well. She said, you know, I really feel for Havertz at the moment. You can see everything's there, like the movement, the positioning, the touch even, but then like gets into his position to kind of chokes really. And you saw it, you know, he slashes and misses this. And he's, he's like where Shinji Kagawa was when he started at United. Mm. He was always one goal away from going on a run. And I actually yeah. thought, I thought Harvard's was better after the miss. 
Yeah, I did as well. He took it back to basic. He started playing these simple passes. He actually got a great defensive block uh, towards yeah. the end of the first half in. Combined well, and you could just see that he was like, you know, okay, back to basics, get back in the game. I'm so glad Odegaard bailed him out with the equaliser. Arsenal have enough tools for him to find his form within the system. Yeah. And I want to just keep saying this as well. Like, Chaka hadn't done as much as Havertz had done in the Premier League before he got to Arsenal, right? He was a glad back where he was brilliant. I loved him there. But it wasn't an easy transition for any of these players. We forget, you know, I was, I was mentioning in the chat the other day, like, Patrice Evra had a terrible debut for United against City and went on to have a great career. You know, I think sometimes we have to just, we have to have that element of patience. Mm. You know, it's four games into the Premier League and Arsenal are doing just fine. It's four games in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, and also, yeah. The, I don't, I, I understand that everyone wants people to perform straight away and that there's a real kind of short-termism in, in football. Mm. But I don't, I don't understand who it serves getting on his back. It doesn't serve Arsenal. Yeah, I'm just thinking, look how long it took. It's taken players to adjust. And I'm not saying that Harvards will be like a Perez or a Burke. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it does actually just take time and it's hard to tell with, with players in a new system. I mean, Casemiro struggled at United, mm. you know, when he first got there. So it's just, mm, yeah. it's just a question of, of time, I think. And, and having faith that there's a plan for all of this. Yeah. If this is still going on in March, then yeah, for yeah. sure. Or um, even, or even, or even December, like even yeah, if, it's, fair, if it's still, yeah. yeah, even if it's December. Yeah. Do you know when I knew it was going to be tough for Havertz at Arsenal? In the pre-season when they had the shooting challenge. Oh, yeah. And then on social media, he got absolutely roasted. And I just thought, guys. He's got a really good goal in the next yeah, game. But I, was, I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, but then, but then the, I thought this is because people are so desperate to meme. When you see a player who everyone is so keen to meme, I'm watching them going, please just get an early goal. Please just get off to a good start and just quiet the noise. Mm. You know, even Holland got it. Holland had that community shield you know, had those misses and then it just became a thing. And then of course he just came to the Premier League and just consumed everything. Mm. And there are some players, you know, I do have a soft spot because I'm just like, I hope that you get off to a start and just quiet some of the noise. And unfortunately with that miss, it's going to be a thing that he, he sits with for a bit. Mm. But one thing I will say as well, it doesn't help him too. It's body language. Like some players just don't have the natural... It, yeah. Not, the, yeah, the conspicuous toil, the socks rolled down, like, you know, charging yeah. everywhere. If you're doing that, actually, it does buy a bit of time because people are, oh, that person really cares. But his whole thing, his body language is actually quite languid, languid yeah. almost, yeah. Like, almost like melancholic. He looks like a sort of, he's like a poet, like wandering down by, this, by the River Seine, isn't he? And like, people don't want to see that. They want to see like thunder. This is the Premier League. On that, we had a question from Eric Eingold who said, the vibes at Arsenal feel a little bit off this year. There's a new Kai culture war and I think there's a sense that the club needs to be in the title hunt. Are the vibes off? If yes, how do you fix off vibes? Last year felt so light and fun. Is it possible to have that with the stakes being higher? I think that's just the thing at Arsenal this season. Mm. The expectation's gone up. Yes. And with that comes great responsibility. So I think it'll... That's fair. I think that's it'll fair. settle down. I think everyone is a little bit... I, I think after... Being so far ahead last season and then not winning the title, mm. I think every point dropped is treated with a little bit more kind of like, oh, fuck, this season. Um, also, chin up, Fabio Vieira's playing some beautiful stuff. Yeah. So he's a member of the squad that stepped up, so it happens. Yeah, and look, yeah. when, he, when he first came through, everyone was like, what is this clown? People cooked him. A couple of quick things on Manchester United because we've gone long on this. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Simpson says, Rasmus Hoyland looked 
looked mm. really good despite struggling with the strength of Gabriel. What are your what are the best ways Ten Hag can utilize him to take the pressure off Marcus Rashford? I don't think he struggled with the strength. I don't think he struggled. <laughs> I don't at all. think I think he was really good with that. And I think how do you use him? Well, actually, he'll sound controversial, but I don't know if Anthony Anthony got away with a lot. He also wasn't getting the ball at <sighs> all. But also, yeah, but okay, chicken or egg, because I think you demand I think that you attract the ball. If you're a devastating attacking presence, you attract the ball. And when players are under pressure, lying deep as United were, Rashford's the outlet. And they looked at Anthony. Anthony's not a reliable outlet for them. Like if Di Maria is on that flank, you're feeding Di Maria all the time, right? And they don't find Anthony. So what can Hoyland do? It's really not about what he can do. It's about, it's about what the configuration around him does to serve him better. Because he will deliver that type of performance week in, week out. He's clearly got the strength. He's got a good touch. Um, he, his movement is good. I think you have to just improve the pieces around him, which is why I'm intrigued by the conversation with Jadon Sancho. Because I feel like he is a mm. player, funnily enough, who would get the best out of Hoyland. Like his game, the pick and roll game. Suits really it's, well. Oh with my Hoyland. God. Like yeah. Sancho is a natural, natural compliment for Hoyland. I mean, because actually in terms of profile, and I know it's obviously very similar, very easy to say this because he's a tall, quick number nine, mm. but it is very Holland-esque. Yeah, um, yeah, not entire, Not entirely the same kind of player, for sure, but I feel that you're right. I think that Rashford, obviously we're talking about a peak Sancho, mm. um, which we haven't seen for a long, long time, but Rashford, Hoyland, Sancho, I think gels very well. It's I think brilliant. Anthony is a little yeah. bit too individualistic to really get the best out of that front three. Sancho's greatest strength is that he will get the ball in the final third, hold it and make decisions and bring the attack up with him at his peak. That's what he did so well for yeah. Dortmund, right? So what you allow is you allow Rashford to kind of be the, not the soloist, but the raider and just building it like, you know, just Sancho, uh, Rashford was like the arrowhead who just cuts down the flank and will just almost like a Di Maria style winger, yeah, yeah. right? Flat out. And then you have Sancho who just kills you with his patient build-up. He can surge beyond, but his real strength is just knitting everything together. And this is the strange thing because obviously him and Ten Hag are at complete odds, as we've seen with yeah, his tweet. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. That, that is extraordinary. Do you remember how he said with United, like United built the perfect team for Pogba just as Pogba was leaving? Yeah. And it's almost like United have built the perfect attack for, for Sancho just as Sancho might be halfway out the door. I don't know. Because yeah, how be sustainable is that? It's going to be yeah. interesting to see what's going to go on there. Um, yeah. Just a quick thing. Eric Ten Hag felt like his rep took a bit of a hit yesterday. The trend, the long-term trend of the away defeats against top nine teams. That's mm. bad. That's the long-term trend. The other thing as well is I think he's had a bad month. You know, the Mason Greenwood thing, the fact that he was so keen, so quickly to bring Mason Greenwood back into the fold, re reportedly, reportedly the athletic. But just, in, just with all the noise around Mason Greenwood, this is not about you know, any aspersions on the verdict or whatever. This is about reportedly keen to have him back in the mix. I just think, and then just tactically as well in this game, uh, you know, some United fans were like, actually, no, not the worst performance. Uh, I thought defensively they were pretty good, actually. I just thought the lack of enterprise from the front three, um, Martial disappointing. And this thing mm. about, you know, people don't like comparisons with Man City because, you know, they're the noisy neighbours and whatever. But I will say this, the thing about Man City, the, the policy I respect most is the one where if a player isn't desperate to be there, they get them out the door. And whether that means subsidising their wages somewhere else, but you see players at United where it's like, 
if this transfer isn't working, find another club for them and subsidize the wages somewhere else. Because the problem is that intensity costs you all over the pitch because you've got players who aren't playing at the greatest intensity and they put so much pressure on the back line, on the defense. There's times when Ericsson's getting caught and you're like, oh, like he messed up. It's like, yeah, but actually you need protection from your front line. Mm. There are systemic failures with United's defense and they're not all individual problems. It's actually what's happening high at the pitch. And I think if players aren't desperate to be there or aren't, not even, if they're not developing as they should, they shouldn't, shouldn't be there. Yeah, man. You know? They need to jow Cancelo some fools. Oh my goodness. The lack of patience with Cancelo. <laughs> Do you think that's going to become like a verb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cancelo. You got, you got, Cancelo. You got Cancelo. Got, got Cancelo. Yeah, it is. It is. It's football. <laughs> it's football's go, cancel culture. Literally in the space of a month, you go from being the most important player in that system to out. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, how did that happen? And why is no one in uproar about this? <laughs> yeah. And it was completely, you know, a player like, I think that's the thing that separates Pep from most managers, right? 90% of managers keep Cancelo. Yeah. At their club if he's playing like that. And Pep was like, no, he's done. And then he goes and wins the treble. Listen, like Pep was just like, we can replace him. Right. We yeah, can we absolutely can, replace can. him. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one final thing. Did you think it was a penalty on Hoyland, like Ten Hag was saying? I didn't think so. No, 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 no I don't think it was. Because that, that battle had been going on all over the pitch. They were just, they were just two, just two, Musa, just two dudes. Just two men, two innocent men. Having a little bit of a grapple. Yeah. It was all fine. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the focusing on the decision in two or three separate in the decisions, sorry, in two or three separate interviews, I think probably got a bit like mm, I think you're trying to mask something here. A it bit. made him look um uncertain. Yeah. We've been talking about this game for ages, but one final thing before we move on, just a quick thing that from a BBC article, police were investigating an alleged assault on at the Emirates Stadium on Roy Keane. So uh, following the circulation of footage on social media showing Sky Sports pundits Micah Richards and Roy Keane involved in an altercation with an individual. Former United captain Keane was reportedly the alleged victim of the assault. Sky Sports say Richards was acting to defuse the situation. So um, apparently, yeah, I mean, don't know anything more on that. Heard a couple of things what it, apparently the assault allegedly was. And yeah, just hope that they find the guy and sort that out because that is so far from that being cool. That is so strange. That is so strange. Right, let's talk about some other good things in the Premier League. And Apologies for being Premier League heavy this weekend, but there was quite a lot of stuff to talk about and then we'll do there a was, quick yeah. wrap-up for some other stuff. Quick shout out for Palace. You, uh, you guys are going to talk about Eze on Wrighty's House a little bit, but that was a great win for Palace against Wolves, 3-2. Mm-hmm. Um, Palace are playing really, really well. Played, they were seven points going into the international break. Um, just above Brentford, just behind Brighton. Uh, and they, uh, they have Villa. They go to Villa next, which would be a great game for Palace. Neutral, I think Brentford Brighton feels like a mini league within the Premier yeah. League. You know, yeah. there's like mini leagues in the Premier yeah. League. There's like certain games or fixtures. There's like you know, there's clusters of three or four clubs that like have their own little thing going on. <laughs> you can't sit with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mean Girls Mini League yeah, of the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, they've definitely got that little mini league going. <laughs> uh, can I shout out Dominic Zobersly for an unbelievable finish yes. uh, against Villa? What a signing. It's a beautiful player. It's such a signing. Has there ever been like such a signing where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like Zobersly to Liverpool. Yeah. So good. They'll love him. They'll love him yeah. there. They'll and him uh, there. Mo Salah. Yes. Another goal for Mo Salah. Was it, was it 150th? What was that? What did I say? It feels like he's always scoring his 150th in some context. What is this? <laughs> like like a... Let me find the stat because like, there's too many Mo Salah stats going around. Uh, it was an Opta thing. I saw it one second. Let me Google it. 
Mo Salah is the first player to score or assist in 10 consecutive appearances in the Premier League since Mo Salah in <laughs> December 21 when he did 15 in a row. I love that. Being, you know, first player to do something stats. since the last time you did it. That's, <laughs> it's like, uh, I, li- I like to give myself a little bit pat on the back sometimes with stats like that, where I was like, did you know that I'm the first person to produce a Stadio podcast since I did one last Thursday? It's <laughs> 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 really cool, go me. I'm the first person to get a red card for my podcast before the last person gets sent exactly. off the red podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Villa, one of those days. Going to be days like this. You have to chalk it up. I think the style yeah. of Villa play, you know, they had it against Newcastle as well. It's just going to be one of those. Yeah. And you, you'll get them, you'll get Liverpool in a certain mood. And when they're in that mood, they're just, they're just hard to deal with. And this is Darwin Nunez, again, a good example of someone who didn't score in this game, but just affected it with his presence. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we need to shout out Tottenham Hotspur. Oh my goodness. Spurs were great against Burnley. Liquid football. The great thing about this for Spurs, these kind of games, they need to make as little work as possible, mm. right? Or as light work as possible. And they did it. They haven't, they've been making very, very heavy going of these games over the last few years. And they're also just doing it with fun, like sticking five past Burnley and getting out of there with three points. Son Hattrick. Son Madison. Madison's. Madison's having such fun already. He's doing celebrations. He did a little dart, dart celebration yesterday, uh, on the weekend, sorry. And Brennan um, Johnson to come into that side as well. I mean, that's, that's a wild look sign. Op- look at the options. He's got Kulisevsky, Richarlison, who's got to find some form. But the good thing is with a front five now, mm. with, with five to pick from that front line, he'll find, he's got room and time to find his form. It's okay. Mm. Like, you know, there's no desperation. This is the thing about football being a squad game. You can have a bad patch as Richarlis is having because you've got quality there and now you've got combinations and the way that Spurs play and Andrew's style, beautiful style of football, you've got options now, you've got variety. And Mike sent us a, t- uh, a question saying, I have only one question. Can you imagine how good Spurs will be with Ben back in midfield? Oh my God, hook it to my veins. Look. Exciting th- times for Spurs, man. I mean, I think it's like... There will be bumps in the road. We know that with a new process. But my God, like I think if you'd said that going into the first international break, they would have been un- undefeated and second in the league. And the last goal they scored, Son's final goal, would look like that. Yeah, incredible. To be doing that after four Premier League games, here's the thing. We were expecting the bumps. We priced them in. Mm. We weren't expecting football. And we've seen that we love the football that Andrew's teams play. I was not expecting football of this cohesion and this beauty so, so soon. quickly, like, yeah. I wasn't expecting goals like this in early September. I just wasn't. No, me neither. Um, shout for Nottingham Forest. Great result. Yes. Stanford Bridge. Yeah. Beating yeah. Chelsea 1-0 and um, just looking pretty good, Forest. Looking pretty good. A lot of players coming in, but still they look a lot more like... The Chelsea dressing room is busy in the departures at Euston on a Friday evening. It's just... I think it's also a bit... I think it's also more stressful. Yes. Well, that's saying a lot. Everyone, everywhere, all at once. When, you, when you're at the wrong side of Euston and they call Platform 1 and you're like, oh my oh, goodness. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. God. And the previous train was cancelled, so now it's oh, like twice no. as many people. Yeah, yeah. And some, even though I've got a booking, this guy doesn't care. You've lost your reservation. Yeah, yeah that, they've that's actually turned all the reservations yeah. off. Yeah. It's actually impossible to tell what job Potch is actually doing. Potch looks a, a little bit concerned. Yeah, like it's hard to tell exactly what he's doing because mm. there's so much the moving parts and shout out to Grace, uh, Grace Robson, Grace on football on Twitter, really talking about the injury problem, like the Reese James injury. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're going to manage a team with so many different parts, you at least want, you, you want Reese and Chilwell as the anchors of that. And he doesn't mm. have 
Reese James right there. So that destabilizes it. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Chelsea, just with all the new players and the Nkunku injury as well. Like they haven't, look, there'll be limited sympathy for Chelsea, I know, because they've bought so many players, but also it must be said the two of the crucial pillars of this season would be Reese James and Nkunku, and they're both out. They still should be beating Nottingham Forest at home if they have any ambition no, that's of right. doing that, something this that, season. That's, that's also right. Yeah. And if we're not careful, there's, we'll talk about Eddie Howe a little bit, but like time is going to all of a sudden run, run out very, very quickly for some of these managers in the Premier League if they don't fix up. It was that great tune, um, Time is the Enemy, that great tune, yeah. the epic. Yeah, like it is because Newcastle as well, they're receiving the upgrades. Everyone's coming at them and they've, you know, they've had a, you know, the opening run has not been the easiest, but still. Yeah, that's pe- one pe- thing to remember, yeah. But, but pe- people, are, people, are, people are coming at Newcastle with a different intensity and they're spotting the early weaknesses and they're plowing into those gaps. And that's, I think that's even, even, yeah. Yeah, even though the, the early run hasn't been uh, the easiest, with the goodwill of getting back into the Champions League, you would have expected a little bit more... I would say patience, and I don't mean to criticise Newcastle fans in that sense, but what I mean is I think it's been quite interesting seeing the descent towards Eddie Howe already being a bit really? like all the bad, is, the is bad vibes. Really, you're seeing, you're seeing I mean, some. I saw a little bit like, I saw a little bit of kind of like why we pick picking Matt Target and Almiron. Do you know what I mean? Like this kind of thing already. Like people are questioning team choices. They're questioning, I think, a little bit of tactic stuff from Eddie Howe. Basically, this result, I thought Brighton were brilliant. The, way that, the thing that was so great about Brighton in this game was that the way that they, they just played out with ease. Oh my God. And Newcastle never really woke up to that. And obviously, unbelievable hatchet for Evan Ferguson, but we're not going to talk about that because you, you guys are going to talk about that on Wrighty's House. So anyone who wants to hear Evan Ferguson chat, make sure you check Wrighty's House. Overall, Newcastle were pretty poor. Brighton punished them. And also, it just shows what a great game plan West Ham had against Brighton. Yes, yes. And... I think the thing that the thing that Newcastle have got to learn this season is like you said, people are going to give them their A game now because they're a mm. Champions League side. Yeah. I think there's a lot of work to do for Newcastle over the international break. I think for Brighton, it was a really good response from last week. There's something else um, happening, which is that a lot of teams just in and around the league have also just got a lot better. You look at West Ham, West Ham have just gone to another level, right? Um, Villa have had a couple of bad reverses, but you see the improvement, you see the trend is improving. Spurs as well. So now, the, just in terms of the league, and these, these are teams that obviously Newcastle haven't played yet, but just in terms of the quality, there's like three or four teams that are like back in the mix again that were really like at odds with themselves last year. Mm. So just the league table this year, automatic is like, you know that whole thing, if you stand still, everyone else moves mm. and you'll slip back. So they, they may slip back a little this year, but that wouldn't be... I felt like they slightly overperformed last year in terms of the quality of the individual performers and also the coaching. Newcastle. Like in terms of the stage I expect them to be at, this is not a knock on them, it's more like no, in terms I of- No, I think also that yeah. they, 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 they took advantage or they were the beneficiaries of uh, quite a few Champions League clubs just falling Being apart. Being in transition. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. So maybe that, maybe that Champions League came a year or two ahead of schedule and therefore yeah. the expectations have gone up when actually they can't, they're not ready for that yet. Right, maybe that's fair. That's fair, yeah, yeah. Because they're now getting, they're getting played as if they're a Champions League team, which, which they are, but mm. they're getting that treatment, right? They're not mm. getting the treatment of a team that came mid-table. They're getting like, okay, Newcastle's on the calendar, we need to knock these lot off. And that's, mm. you're feeling that in the performances, I think. A um, couple of other quick shout-outs in the Premier League. Um, Mbwemo's late equaliser for Brentford against yeah. Bournemouth in what I like to call the stripey Umbro derby. <laughs> 
We stand a stripey derby. Oh, oh, I've got something. To, oh, talk, my, my, my game of the weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and Everton getting a point against Sheffield United, who were very, very good to all. Uh, Jordan Pitford with an unbelievable double save at the end. Sheffield United had a good start to the season in terms of the quality yeah. of the performances. Yeah. Not, not matched by the actual points, but they've been really good. Didn't get enough praise, I felt, about pushing City so close overall. Yeah. I yeah. thought there wasn't, it's strange because there's a lot of t- chatter around Arsenal scraping through and I'm like, City scraped through? Yeah, you've got to like, scrape through some games, man. It's Yeah, yeah, so let's just give Sheffield some credit. Yeah, 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 because they, I'm glad they got something out of this because they, um, yeah, they've started better than their um, results indicate. Yeah, I'm just glad for everyone they're starting to score goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, City beating Fulham 5-1. Oh, that second goal before mm. halftime. Mm. Was absolutely offside and should mm. absolutely not have stood, and I cannot believe that it did. And if it mm. goes in halftime one-one, maybe it's yeah. a different game in the second half. Yeah, doesn't I mean, really matter in the end. But. Obviously, City ran wild after that. Um, yeah, hat trick for Holland, seventh yeah. hat trick in Premier League. Yeah. He's seventh. Jesus, he's unbelievable, man. He's unbelievable. But Premier on the, on the VAR. It's the Premier. It's the Premier League tax move. So that's what. Yes, it is. but very quickly, just on that VAR, not to skim over it, for Fulham fans who are. Frustrated, oh, infuriated. I'd be yeah, like, I, I get it. Yeah, that was I'd be yeah. absolutely. And I and this is. I mean, we'll say there's some VAR chat on Wright's house, so we'll leave the rest of it. But this is the problem with it. Like when you're when you have the option to look at something over and over again, and you still come to a decision which is unanimous in terms of its bafflement. Mm. Is bafflement the word? You're cleverer than me. Do I mean that? No, don't stop that. That's I mean, not. Don't stop. leave that. In, that's nonsense. <laughs> I'm not a fellow of anything. Oh, please. I'm just a fellow with a podcast. That's all I am. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, look, I, th- I think people are universally baffled by, um, by that decision. Mm. And this is the thing. It's about just doing, doing your job with greater precision, right? Because that's the thing you shouldn't be missing. Like the Ward-Prowse handball against um, Luton. You know, West Ham, Luton, the ball hitting Ward-Prowse's arm and that, Look, I mean, Luton denied potential, well, potential point at home in their Premier League debut, the first home game back in the top flight. That was a real frustration uh, for Luton fans as well. And just these are examples of, look, just do your job with greater precision. You have the tools. You shouldn't be missing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't be missing things that everyone, is, that everyone can see clearly on their own phones. The marginal stuff, I can, I can get behind. I'm like, look, I get it. Split hairs. But the, the clear stuff like that, I just think... Come on, come on, people. Yeah, man. It just, yeah. Anyway, right, that's been, we've been ages on the Premier League. Yes. Moving um, quickly we on. Said we, we said we weren't going to do this, but we did. Let's take a quick break and then let's do some other stuff. Let's do it. All right, man. Can I uh, interest you in my game of the weekend? Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, from, a purely, from a purely enjoyment point of view, me, uh, I'm taking a trip. It's a Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> it's San Sebastian. The rain is tipping down. Real Sociedad are playing Granada. Real Sociedad are wearing their famous blue and white stripes. Granada, their red and white hoops. Not a shirt sponsor on the front of the shirt in sight. <laughs> Kieran Tien is playing left back. There are eight goals. One of them came in the 99th minute. Real Sociedad win 5-3. It was just such a pure football watching experience, Musa. 
Tierney must be so... Did he look happy? I mean, yeah, he looked great. Oh, I love that. Just a great game to watch as a neutral. Had, had Granada's a, a gorgeous place as well. Ah, I mean, just... Oh, well. oh. But um, quick shout for uh, Girona, who were uh, second in the table after uh, beating Las Palmas 1-0. Uh, Atleti against Sevilla was postponed because of torrential rain in Madrid. Yeah, that looked brutal. Uh, yeah. Barcelona got a late win over Osasuna thanks to a Lewandowski penalty. Gavi mm. had a, a nasty ear injury. Did you see him getting stapled up? My God, it was the most little Gavi thing ever. It's always in the like, wars. Check the staples. He is always in the wars, isn't he? Comes yes. home from school and he's got another scrape on his face. We uh, said it. He's like that character in Charlie Brown that's always surrounded by dust cloud. <laughs> Big <Pink laughs> bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big bed. Always. <laughs> oh, dear. But uh, the main story, I suppose, of the weekend was Jude Bellingham's late winner against Katafe. Well, no, I, the, I would say I would say Jude Bellingham's crescendo of a performance because it built to the late winner. Because it did build to the late winner, yeah. It's like he scored this incredible late. Well, not he well, scored a, the anticipation for the late winner was brilliant. The so. anticipation for the game itself, because it was the first game in the New Bernabeu. Since yes, it's been almost finished. Looking, mm. uh, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. It's very impressive in that, but I really miss the the architecture of the old Bernabeu. Yeah, I know they had to too. update it, and you me know, too. me too. But it's just, yeah. I mean, it. it Sounded amazing. Uh, mm. It looks great. It's great to see the place full, pretty much. Um, Gaddafi, Gaddafi, their way through the game. Took an mm. early lead after 11 minutes. Um, Mayoral scoring against his uh, old club. And uh, went kind of like took it around a, a Kepa and Rudiger couldn't clear it. And then, um, yeah, do you want to take it from here? So Jude... Um Winning the penalty that led to the equaliser. And just in terms of his performance in total, it's, there have been comparisons with Zidane, right? Mm. Um, and I've seen them and I haven't talked about them because, you know, I don't want to put pressure on a young player. Not that you can put pressure on Drew Billingham. But the passages of play, the, the way in which, there's, there's, two, there's two ways in which Zidane and Bellingham are very similar at Real Madrid. When Zidane arrived at Real Madrid, there were all these other big players there and he reconfigured very quickly the entire team to revolve around him. Bellingham's done that already. Bellingham is already the point of reference for Real Madrid. I can't believe I'm saying this after so few games, but he's somehow done it. The man has five goals and the other day I was calling him, I was thinking about and an assist. I think, I think, Real Madrid centre forward Jude Bellingham. <laughs> he's actually the centre, he's actually at this point, he's actually the centre forward. Listen, you know, the winner was pure poacher's goal. And the thing that's so amazing about it is that Vasquez has that shot. And as soon as Vasquez is winding up for the shot, Bellingham is off. He's anticipating it. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And the thing is about this, it's not just the goal. He scores a poacher's finish. He scores a Gary Lineker finish, right? But the playmaking prior to that is so patient the entire game. He's never out of his rhythm. And you, you put it right, he was having lumps kicked out of him the entire match. And his body language the way he receives ball on the half turn, he's knocking it around the corner, he's turning, he's playing these incredible, like um, they call them the hockey assists, the, mm. the assist before the assist, these diagonal like paper cut passes into space and he's just opening Getafe up. Time Don't pretend that you haven't written an essay about Dawson's Law. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, yeah, the pass before the pass, you know, the Dawson's pass, like, you know, and this is, the, the finish and the, the the goal was one thing, but the entire performance, the command, and Tony Kroos as well with a brilliant late cameo, um, the responsibility that Bellingham has assumed is nothing short of astonishing. It's nothing short of astonishing. To the point where if, 
Mbappe arrived at Real Madrid a year later, I don't think he'd be the dominant dressing room figure. And you wouldn't necessarily have said that a year ago. And Bellingham is right there. And it feels like his future. It's so strange. I can't, you know, Camavinga's there, Chiromani's there. These are players who, they're the new Real Madrid. And, and Bellingham's come in and somehow has advanced to the front of the queue. And no one is begrudging about it. You can see that from the, the way the other players greet him, the way they anoint him. It's, it's really striking. Like, you know, body language, you talked about the Harvards, but the way that he celebrates with players is this strange mix of deference, mm. right? So he's deferential to like the bigger players, but even they to him are like, no, this guy. We see a lot of players come to this dressing room and onto this training pitch. And that guy, that's the guy. He's the real deal. Yeah. He's the Real. The Real deal. deal. The Real yeah, deal. Yeah. Have that tabloid newspapers. Double um, O legend, Shrewd Bellingham. Shrewd Bellingham. That's <laughs> Stadio Merch. The thing I loved about this was that he, he gets the goal and he's off, celebrating in the corner, gets mobbed. There's a big kind of thing in the corner, but then he, he does this thing where he pulls away from it and he does his celebration. Yeah. And the roar. Yes. It's like they were waiting for it. It was pure gladiatorial. Yes. Gladiatorial, sorry. And then he goes, vamos. He says vamos twice. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Fucking muy bien, muy bien, dude. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Oh. It's incredible, isn't it, to watch? It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I think um, with everything that's been going on recently and, you know, with Mason Greenwood being announced that he's on loan, he's going on to Getafe on loan, I think that for the neutrals, mm. rare to see Real Madrid get the neutrals backing as well. It is. Well, then again, they had, they had it over Vinicius. This is, they're Very such a stra strange, strange, strange club, Real Madrid. It's so strange. They're one of the most blue collar. Yeah. Roll the line out. Say the line. This is the Simpsons yeah. thing. Say the line, Risa. Say, say the it, line. Say, <laughs> say, say it. <laughs> say the line. One of the most blue collar, rich kid clubs you'll ever see. It's Yay. such a strange club. Yay. He said it, everyone. Ah, he, he said, said it. it. He said the line. <laughs> 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 it's one of my favourite Okwongerisms it's like it's like when I laugh on the podcast and I get like tweets about it going he laughed he laughed <laughs> but there was uh, it was really interesting because uh, uh, forgive me I forget who it was but there was a Real Madrid fan who used to that quote once tweeted us about it and said basically it was like the most it was almost like yeah he gets it oh you know? that's so it's such a you know it's, it's so nice when you um, when you just watch because we don't watch Madrid every week right but it's nice when people are like oh actually do now. you understand some of what you understand what some of what this is about. It's always nice yeah. to get that. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go into it too much in detail, but there was a really good piece from Adam Crafton inside Mason Greenwood's transfer, well, loan deal to Getafe. Mm. Yeah, I don't really know how, to, I don't really know where to kind of go with this because when Manchester United didn't terminate the contract or let him go and it was clear that they were supporting him and trying to find a club for him, I knew the, this was, this whole thing was going to get so... It's messy. Me yeah, yeah. And here's the thing as well. Look, if your concern is having less noise around a player around there is already so much noise, mm -hmm. you don't send them to a, to, a, to a country whose league is currently surrounded by the discourse with Rubiales and Jenny Hermoso. You don't do that. And you also don't send them to a club which is so gleeful on socials about acquiring him on loan to the point where it's almost like this feels like a badge of honor. That is not a conversation that's going to get any quieter because actually, I, th I think we'll actually catalyze the Rubiales conversation. It will give it more life, more fuel because people are in the streets protesting about Rubiales 
And when word gets around about Greenwood, as it will, because it's going to filter through what it already has, that's not going to make the conversation any easier um, or any shorter. And Gaddafi have obviously nailed their colours to a particular mast. Um, they're happy for the discourse to continue um, and to be stoked in that way. I think it's really irresponsible, actually. I think the energy they've moved with is really irresponsible. I do too. I think they are enjoying it, but I think they've also bitten off more than they can chew, actually. I think that this is one of those situations where they're coming in with a particular glee, but in the cold light of day, there'll be regret, actually. I don't think it'll be immediate. I think it will be over time, actually. Mm. I don't think they fully understand what they've done here. I think it's all fun and banter on socials. But rather like, rather like Manchester United, actually, on socials around this same issue as well. Some of the Manchester United's behaviour on social media, the official, fan, the official club account, you know, some of the tweets I've seen in recent years surrounded by these issues, there's been a certain glee, and it's cost them, Ryan. It's cost them badly in terms of goodwill, in terms of patience from fans, supporters, all the rest of it. So I think, Gattafe, listen, I think, I think laugh on your socials now all you like and be as gleeful as you like, but this is going to be a thing that really is defining for them. That's my opinion. Whether or not you decide to sign a player like this, to then do it in such a celebratory fashion is, mm. like, especially in the modern era where clubs are so fucking careful about how they manage their image. Mm. You're right there. I think that might be something that they'll look back Oh, they're, ab- they're absolutely going to regret it. They're going to regret it. Yeah. All right. Any other business before we get out of here? A couple of shows. Oh, uh, Leon got a big old dressing down from the capo of the ultras. Um, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was, this was interesting, I seeing the response to this on social media, because this is actually something that is, you know, I mean- Quite common, quite common. Quite common, yeah. not necessarily individuals, like on a megaphone, but uh, we've seen it numerous times in the Bundesliga where players will go over and chat to ultras after defeats, especially- Milan got it last year. Yeah. Um, glad back on the weekend, even though they lost, they went and stood in front of the ultra, main ultra section and got serenaded for a good 10 minutes afterwards, which was, which was lovely, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, a very public dressing down. I mean, to be fair, Leon were awful, especially in that first half. 4-0 down to PSG. Mm. Game ended at 4-1. But they, it was just error after error after error. They were very, yeah. very poor. And they are bottom of Liga. Can I say, I feel a bit for a sense here because he's gone there as, he's there as the nine and now they've got Colin Mouani. And actually, yeah. like, I never... Asensio never really got to be the main man and I wasn't always sure if he enjoyed it, but he's been at the nine PSG and that he works in that system and all of a sudden Morani's coming in and that takes away his shine a bit and he started mm-hmm. well there. So yeah, just a quick note for him because I have been a bit critical before, but I think um, it's a shame for him. Yep. Um, uh, very quickly elsewhere, Romelu's debut for Roma didn't go as planned. Milan getting out there with a 2-1 win. I mean, he only came because, on as a substitute. Only because Milan looked good. Like, yeah, Milan looked really good. I mean, Rafael Liao with an absolute beauty. Oh, what a footballer. So glad he stayed there this year. Loftus-Cheek looking very happy, living his best life. Um, just quickly mentioning while we're in Serie A, big deal, big win for uh, Lazio over Napoli. The yeah. 2-1, 2-1 in Naples. Um, lots of talk about Quarat Scalia not being at the same level, but I think someone said on Twitter very wisely, I think it might be Matteo Bonetti. Well, actually, it's because of being triple team now. Yeah. And that, that's his life now. That's how it is for him. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm sure he'll, it, sure he'll pull it around. Uh, Juventus looking quite useful. Nice win over Empoli. Chiesa with a very nice finish. Very nice, um, a very nice winner. So yeah, Serie A, a league to watch. Uh, I just want to very quickly shout out the Svita Bundesliga. As we know, it is best league developed. Um, <laughs> Hertha couldn't score and then they uh, scored five last week and beat Greuterfurt. They scored four against Magdeburg, lost 6-4. <laughs> so listen they got to feel something give them that 
Uh, Haasfau, could it be the year, Musa? Played five, they're top of the league, they're a point ahead of Holstein Kiel. Do you know what? Why not, actually? Be Who bold. Knows? Why not? Why not? Why not? Find out all the kinks. Why not? Uh, and final shout uh, goes to Celtic winning the first Old Firm derby of the season. Lovely goal, that. Uh, lovely goal. A really good week of football, actually. It was wild, yeah. It was wild. Yeah. It was, it's, a, it's a tribute to the quality of the football we saw that yeah. even with the big VAR shouts, I still feel like the football, the quality of the football trumped the other narratives, mm. which was saying something because there were a lot of other narratives. There really were. They were. Anything else you want to shout out before we get over? Yeah, very quickly. Marvellous Marcus Turam scoring his first for Inter uh, against Fiorentina. They got a 4 win Inter and they are, it's an impressive start for them. Well, impressive win for them. Um, but yeah, that's my last shout. Marvellous Marcus. Good to see him finding his feet. And Turam at Inter just feels right. It does feel right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. All right, everyone, we're going to get out of here. We'll, uh, don't forget to check Wrighty's House with Flo and Musa. That'll go up Tuesday. Mm. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Not sure what we're going to do yet. Men's international break, but I'm sure we can touch on some stuff. Work it out. Um, we'll work it out. Don't forget to check the Stadium Archers place on Spotify. Speaking of which, today we are playing out on Solid Gold. Message to planet Earth. Because all you listeners are Solid Gold. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, got a pan to the base. <laughs> Anything you would like to add, Musok Wonga? There is not. <laughs> Thank goodness. So from one fellow and one fella, everyone, uh, have a great week. We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then. Universal Father awaits your arrival.